2: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I think curation of the products that we use and the things that we use every single day is going to be more important in the future, but I've always liked the power of focus because I mean maybe because I'm I have too many ideas. I always have too many ideas, which is which is a good thing and it's a bad thing. The power of focus and being the best at one thing. And being fanatical about that one thing, whether it's a product or a category, a user experience, um, what you're doing, you know, I, I just think that you're more mindful about it and you create better things.
0: Hey guys,
1: welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the best-selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. We're your hosts, Carlene Higgins and Jill Dunn. Hey guys, welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. This is your co host, Carlene Higgins.
0: Hello, I am Jill Dunn, your other co host. And on Breaking Beauty, we are all about the breakthrough products, people, and moments in beauty. And today we have a really exciting founder episode. Today we're speaking to serial beauty entrepreneur Suzanne Langmuir, the founder of Bite Beauty. So, Bite Beauty, it was founded back in 2012 on a simple premise. And it was all about whatever you put on your lips should be as good as what you put in your mouth.
1: And I think it really, at the time, there was a lot of headlines about lead and lipstick and how much lipstick the average woman consumes in her lifetime. So Bite Beauty really came along at a time that was almost in response to that. Yeah, it was like an
0: awakening or a consciousness, more consciousness around what we are putting on our face every single day. And in clean beauty, there really wasn't a lot of options for makeup that had bold colors. Mm -hmm. There were makeup brands that were clean, like RMS Beauty, of course, Trailblazer, but there really was a big void to fill with bright bold colors like fuchsia's and reds and berries and Bite Beauty even had a black lipstick. I'll never forget that.
1: And Bite Beauty was very unusual because the entire line was dedicated to just one category being lips. There were no blushes, no mascaras, no eyeshadows, and really no intention of going there. Right. You know, it was just really laser focused. And one of the things that was really fun about Bite Beauty is you could walk into a Bite Beauty lip lab Mm -hmm. and customize your own lip color.
0: Right. You still can. Right around the corner from my house.
1: So your own pigment and your own flavor. So that's really fun.
0: Yeah. So in 2014, Sephora's in-house incubator Kendo Beauty acquired Bite Beauty. And then in 2017, Suzanne Langmuir, the founder, quietly walked away from the company. And we should note that we did ask Suzanne about Bite Beauty um, in this episode, but she's not able to comment on her role with that company any longer. So fast forward to
1: 2020. Twenty and Kendo is definitely shaking things up. The entire Bite Beauty range was reformulated to be vegan and that's really a big deal for both the vegan community
0: and fans of the OG formulas. We can't talk about Bite Beauty without talking about their best-selling Agave Lip Mask. It sells for around 26 US, 34 Canadian and that just took off like wildfire when it first launched because it was just the holy grail for getting rid of chapped, dry lips. It really worked wonders and it was almost like you had to work to get it out of the tube. Yeah. Because the formula was so Thick. dense.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And so, fans of the original formula were really shook when all of this was announced a few months back. People were stocking up on oh, the totally. original it was formulas sold out, online. Yeah. The editors included. And so, The key ingredient is lanolin. It's a humectant that's derived from sheep's wool after their coats are shorn. It's kind of almost like a grease that's left behind. And lanolin's been used for decades by like mothers who would use it on cracked nipples when they're breastfeeding because it's said to be safe for babies to ingest. It's so close to like human, you know, natural substances in humans. It's like it has
0: a natural affinity.
1: Mm -hmm. So as long as you're not allergic, then just like anything else natural lanolin was considered to be good for you.
0: So that was the hero ingredient at the time. They've reformulated and it's no longer part of the lip mask, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. And mm-hmm. there was also beeswax in it. Mm-hmm. So that was another non vegan substance. And part of the, I guess if you're in a, a fan of the original formula, what some people would say is, yeah, it wasn't vegan, but sheeps get their coats shorn all the time. So if this is a natural byproduct, like what's the problem? It's still cruelty free. Do you know what I mean? Because yes. if you just let their fur continue to grow, it gets knotted and tangled and it actually hurts them. Right. But of course, vegans are like anytime, you know, there's corporations around. And and animals are involved, there's the chance of mistreatment. So thank you, but no thank you. Right.
0: All right. So we gave you that 101 on, on lanolin, but now the new formulation, it has agave nectar, which is from the agave plant, which is a succulent. I have no green thumb, but I, as far as I understand, it's really good for hydration as well. Also tequila. Right. Oh yeah. Agave <laughs> plants tequila, of course. So you have both on right now. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So
1: I have on my top lip the OG formula. I put the new. On the bottom lip. And when I first put it on, they feel identical right. to me. But um, I've been wearing it for like two or three hours. I mean, I don't notice a difference, but obviously, if I were to wear it overnight yeah. or use it for several days, then I might. So you guys need to weigh in if you've been trying and testing these formulas. Get in on our Facebook chat room and tell us what you think. Another big change we saw this month with Bite Beauty is the launch of an entire complexion system called Change Maker. So it, they've got a primer there's actually two different ones there's a matte and a non-mat there's foundation I think there's over 30 shades and there's a powder and it's all designed to give you long wear with a natural skin-like finish
0: yeah we just got the lab samples in front of us right now so we will report back on how all of those perform but I do think that the Bite Beauty consumer is ready for this
1: And Suzanne has also moved on herself into what she sees as the next frontier in beauty. Today, Suzanne's going to talk to us about her next venture. It's a beauty incubator called S. Allen Co. that she developed with her 18-year-old son,
0: Thomas. The debut product is called Anhydra. That's A N H Y D R A. And the product itself is called The Powder of Youth number no. 1. So it's Anhydra The Powder of Youth number no. 1. It's 55 US dollars, 66 Canadian, and it's available online only. So The Powder of Youth
1: number no. 1 is a water activated microbiome cleansing powder with probiotic properties. It's said to balance the skin's microbiome without stripping away good bacteria. We'll have to do a whole other episode on the microbiome thing, guys. It's too complex to get
0: into here. Yeah. And this can also be used as a mask once a week too. It's a glass bottle, fits in the palm of my hand. And in this small bottle, they say there's three months worth of skincare. It's amazing. So it really is compact and TSA friendly too. So tell everybody how you use it, Carleen.
1: Okay. So you're going to pour maybe a dime size amount of the powder into your palm. You add two to three drops of water and you rub your palms together. And it kind of morphs into this lovely creamy lather that you can wash your face
0: with. Definitely. We've seen these rice kind of exfoliating powders or cleansing powders on the market, Mm -hmm. certainly in J Beauty. You have a couple you love. Yeah. Well, I know you're a big fan of the
1: Dermalogica Daily Microfoliant. I don't know how many times you've recommended that (laughs) one to people, but for good reason. Yeah. I love Amore Pacifics. It's their best selling product. It's the treatment enzyme peel cleansing powder. I think it's the softest and silkiest. And then And Tatcha's got the Rice Polish Foaming Enzyme Powder. There's like four of them now. And
0: Clarence is launching one this spring. Yeah, definitely a huge J-Beauty K beauty influence. And so I think what's great about the cleansing powders and why it does have this sort of Asian sensibility is all about protecting the skin's barrier, protecting the skin's health. And cleansing it without any abrasion at all. Exactly.
1: It's super gentle. So using the enzyme exfoliants instead of using a mechanical exfoliator or even AHAs and BHAs tend to be more acidic. Right. This is really gentle enough that you can use it every day. Sensitive skin. Sensitive skin and there's anti-inflammatory properties. So yeah, that's why it's great for people like me with sensitive skin. And I've been using the Anhydra for a few weeks now. I think it's really soft and silky and some of these exfoliating powders, you can still feel a bit of that grittiness, yeah, which makes me worry about like micro tears. So I like that you don't feel any grit whatsoever once you get this going. And just as a
0: tip to use cleansing powders, if you've never used one before, you really do have to work it onto the skin. It has to be in contact with your skin for a minimum of like sixty seconds. Because, sixty second cleanse, baby. Yeah, because the, <laughs> that's how the enzymes and those little—they're almost like little. Powder Man's getting rid of the dirt and oil on your face in a very non-aggressive way, but they need to be in contact with your skin in order to do their job. Exactly.
1: Right? And I think another thing that's cool about Anhydra and just like the possibility for this brand is this isn't just a one-off product like all the other examples that we said. This product is meant to be the first product from Anhydra and looking ahead, Suzanne's looking at developing the potential for shampoo, conditioners, so moisturizer, toothpaste, like every step of your grooming routine.
0: Yeah, and I think people are looking for solutions like this. Certainly the zero waste episode we did mm-hmm. last year, I think episode it was, 60. Yeah, episode 60. We got such a huge response from that because people do want to make these changes. Mm-hmm. That reduce their footprint in the beauty world. Yeah. So what is waterless beauty? Mm -hmm. Suzanne's going to dive deep on that in this episode,
1: but first we're going to start way back before Bite Beauty even existed because it wasn't Suzanne's first foray into the world of cosmetics. Suzanne is going to share with us how she turned failure into fortune, why she believes the microbiome could be the key to clearing up acne, and finally, why the future of beauty is waterless.
2: So my experience with beauty really started as an entrepreneur, my mother started selling Avon and I was in, I I was in about grade seven at that point. And I just got so fascinated by this, the world of beauty and all of these products. And I started selling Avon to my teachers at school and to the neighborhood of, of families that I was babysitting for. And I loved, I just loved learning about products and you'd see them in a catalog and then, you know, I'd be able to order them or order those figurines if you, if you had points or you were were able to get figurines.
1: I remember those. And the,
2: and you know, the SOS and the smells and the textures. And so that, so that was really my very first experience with beauty, which was also connected to an entrepreneurial aspect to it. You know, I certainly didn't, I didn't turn it into a thriving business, but I, but I actually did well with it because I became passionate about the products. Yeah. Skin so soft for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that baby powder scent. Oh, I mean, yeah. the, and they still sell that, right? I yeah, think, yeah. yeah. I
1: think a lot of people use it as a mosquito
2: repellent. Well, it probably does the job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so at some point you decided you wanted to get into hairdressing. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that.
2: I was really excited about starting my own business and having my own business. And hairdressing, I mean, I was definitely very much into my own hair. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I started at Bruno's School of Hair Design. And I completed my 1,800 hours, or 1,500 hours, which is actually a lot of skip waves and pin curls. And, you know, I had to learn how to use a straight razor. And my model was... um, I think he was about 85 years old. He had oh the smoothest skin, <laughs> and you know, so I had to learn how to use a straight razor shave. And but the thing I was really fascinated about in that experience was color. I started blending color. I started, you know, there, there's it's a skill, mm-hmm. and you not only need to learn about how colors blend together, the chemistry of colors, but how they oxidize. And then you start from scratch every time you work on a new you know, somebody's hair because you've got a pH and you've got all kinds of things that happen. So I became really excited about that experience and I started specializing in color. Yeah. And do you, do you do your own color today? Uh, (laughs) So I, I do. Oh wow. Okay. So I, uh, there's a a stylist that I've been seeing for a number of years, a colorist, and she's a genius. I'm usually there for six hours. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do. Amazing. color my own hair.
1: And now a quick break to hear about one of our show partners, Sephora.
0: So, Carlene, it's almost the end of January. How are you doing with your healthy routine? Are you feeling balanced? You know what? I've been
1: hardcore doing the boot camp. I've been eating better, sleeping, and I
0: won't deny the power of some retail therapy. I am feeling good. I would expect nothing (laughs) less. It actually does pay off when you're investing in something that's good for your skin. Right? Right. And when you're stressed out, it can show up on the surface of our skin. So whether that looks like dryness, the first signs of aging like fine lines or redness.
1: Well, good thing Sephora's got us all covered. They've always got these new solutions for stressed out
0: skin. Let's go over some of them right now. So let's start with dryness. So you and I, we talk about niacinamide a lot. That's a hero, amazing ingredient that helps to protect the skin's barrier health. And that happens to be the key ingredient in the new Drunk Elephant F-Bomb electrolyte water facial. That's also packed with electrolytes to help hydrate your skin while you sleep.
1: Totally. And another one to check out is the Dr. Barbara Sturm Glow Drop. So, This has got hyaluronic acid that's really going to help quench dehydrated skin. It also has light-reflecting mineral pigment, so it helps to blur and refract light for an immediate glow too.
0: And then if you really want to target, the Tatcha Serum Stick is amazing. So it's a solid serum in a stick format, so Mm -hmm. you can swipe it on as a quick fix, on the go, under makeup, over makeup, and it really helps to plump fine lines. I love that.
1: And if stress is causing first signs of aging, like we've all been there, the front. Fresh Lotus Preserve Moisturizer is an antioxidant-packed daily moisturizer that helps with those fine lines. You know, you're suddenly you're stressed out,
0: you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I seem to have aged like five years. Yeah. So that helps with that. And Dr. <laughs> Dennis Gross, he's got a great serum for this too. It's the Stress Rescue Super Serum. And it's a radiance boosting serum that's rich in superfoods and adaptogens and niacinamide. And that helps to restore collagen levels that can deplete when you're under stress.
1: And if If you're a sensitive type like us, the Laneige Cica Repair Sleeping Mask, it's a hypoallergenic mask, works overnight to
0: calm redness and irritation. How easy is that? Bye-bye blotches. So head to Sephora or Sephora online to check out this skin-saving lineup, and we'll link to these products in today's show notes. And now back to today's episode.
1: and the bertsophya on Instagram as
2: well. Can't wait to see you next week. And then I decided to go traveling. So I that, that was kind of my next my next venture. Yeah. Adventure.
1: And then somewhere along the way you decided to get into essential oils and start your own gig, is that right? Yes.
2: Yeah. So while I was traveling, I would collect essential oils and I started Carrying, carrying them with me because, it, I mean, it was just this nice little kit of tea tree, eucalyptus, lavender, lavender to help you sleep. And I found while I was traveling, having essential oils with me really gave me this sense of comfort and that no matter where I was, I, I could make something kind of feel like my space by having my essential oils with me. And so while I was traveling, I started sourcing essential oils and traveling directly to farms and producers throughout the world. Um, lavender was, you know, one of my favorite oils to, to source, but even throughout India, just meeting small growers and producers. And there's this beautiful art to distillation and the creation of natural raw materials that allowed me to travel around the world and source, but also see these amazing countries and learn about different cultures.
1: Now, I read that you at one point had developed a face oil, and yes. that it didn't sell. Now, was that through when you had this essential oils kind of
2: kiosk? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was... Before its time? Wow. That I mean, that was going back 20, 28 years ago was the first face oil that I created. And, and it, you know, it, was, it would stand up today. Mm-hmm. It would be a very credible face oil product today because it was, um, I had rosehip seed oil. I had evening primrose. There was jojoba and an avocado oil. Mm -hmm. And, um, one thing I love about this, the clean beauty and the evolution of natural is that we're actually embracing raw materials and products that that have been around for a long time. I mean, they're, they're not only clean and safe, but they're, they've just been used for so long. Mm -hmm. So the fact that putting a a face oil on, which, you know, people thought was like a salad oil Mm -hmm. (laughs) at that time, it's. The ingredients are still the same, but we've now, I think, evolved to the point where we we recognize those. But but it was not a, a successful product. It, it <laughs> did not was not embraced. It was not a bestseller. Yeah.
0: Was it like a passion project for you, or what inspired you to like think that that product needed to be in the world?
2: So I think my passion in beauty and in formulating always comes from ingredients. Mm-hmm. I'm insatiably curious about ingredients and where they come from and what they're made of and the how they. Feel what the texture is, how they smell, and and most of all the benefits that they have to hair and body. Mm-hmm. And I've always gravitated to ingredients that are, you know, what you what you eat and what you put on your skin is now a very accepted idea and, and, a, and a thoughtfulness. But I've I've always considered that. So when I was traveling and learning about beauty rituals, I you, you know women around the world are using these things. So so that was kind of the inspiration mm-hmm. was. Um, essential oils and aromatherapy just give us this. Uh, I mean, they're they're essential oils are not perfumes. They are complex chemical structures of things that actually have antibacterial properties. Or I mean, they they truly are efficacious. So I started with aromatherapy because, I mean, it was just this this whole new exciting world that you could um, apply essential oils and make your own skincare products and you could use them in bathing or for tension relief. I mean, peppermint, the peppermint roller on mm-hmm. your temples when you, you know, are mm-hmm. feeling a bit foggy like that, it, yeah. it works. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Hangover cure. cure. Hang, well, that's true. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but yes.
1: <laughs> and then at some point you kind of Kicked it all up a notch, and you launched Suzanne Lang fragrances.
2: Yes, so Suzanne Lang fragrance was a customization concept, mm-hmm. and I used the essential oils and fragrances that I had collected around the world, and I created eighty of them that were completely compatible with each other. Mm-hmm. And the experience also eliminated olfactory fatigue, which is a, which was a huge big issue with um, blending and experiencing fragrance. Because after you smell three or five, it's just becomes too confusing. So I um, I first opened at a, at a retail store on Queen Street, um, which was a, a slight disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was before Queen was 20, uh, 20, 20. It was, not 20. <laughs> it was um, so Queen West was, it was a little sketchy, a little mm-hmm. scary. But, um, and then the second location I opened was at Barney's New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was such an honor uh, and great experience to to be able to open a counter there. Mm-hmm.
0: And how did you do that? We have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to the show. Like, did you? Is it a cold call? What I was the story? Them.
2: <laughs> I stalked them in a very polite Canadian way. I uh, sent flowers. I sent samples. I asked for meetings, and I got. Well, it doesn't really fit our profile right now, and I continued. And um, and then one day I I got a meeting and I had a really good experience, and it happened to be at a time where Barney's was starting to launch. I mean, Barney's was just such an amazing platform Mm -hmm. for entrepreneurs, and you you didn't have many. I mean, going back 15 years ago, you didn't have many platforms for new branches to launch, and um, they took a chance on the brand, and and it was was such a great experience.
1: And then it made Oprah's... Yes. Favorite list, yeah, which is incredible. Yeah. But the line, it's not around anymore,
2: right? It's not. So, what happened? Growing a beauty brand is is unbelievably challenging. I mean, ideas are exciting. Getting a brand off the ground through passion and having a good idea is is one part of the the experience. But sustaining a brand is is also really difficult. And so, the long answer to that is that Suzanne Lang was you know, it was, it was really difficult to survive. It was difficult to make money. I had, I had like so many employees working at these counters and yeah. And, and it was really interesting because the lab, the labo mm-hmm. came and took that space and I, I just, they just did such an amazing job of condensing the experience and making mm-hmm. it very personal without all the, you know, blending and yeah. test tubes. I learned so much yeah. in that experience. And, you know, it's often the things that we do that, aren't immediate successes that you have to unpack. And, you know, I felt badly that it didn't work out, but I just kind of kept going and I, and I evolved the concept. And I, Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I know today were because of that experience.
0: Yeah. And are there any of those fragrances, like people buy them on eBay or like, cause there's when things like go out of, you know, when people stop making
2: things, I feel like there often is like a cult following. Yeah. I still get emails. Yeah, <laughs> I feel badly about that because it's so personal. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was saying earlier about that, the bath oil. Yeah. yeah. And I have all of the oils. I could blend. I could create that bath oil that I like, but I still buy it. Mm-hmm. I, and sometimes I ship it from the UK or where yeah. I you know, find a reason to go to the UK so I can stock up because it's it's so personal. So right. yeah. scent does that. I mean, it anchors memories and emotions and yeah. experiences and yeah. Yeah. And then I remember the other line
0: shortly after oh, that geez. that you did. Sula? <laughs> Sula Beauty. Was Sorry, a, we have a long memory. I know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but at anthropology yeah?
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? So I, I both did a combination of private label for uh-huh. anthropology. and um they were amazing to work with. It, it was... Maybe it was the the buyer at that time, but she was ahead of her time with natural, and she was just such a lovely woman to work with, and um, and so we we launched Sula with uh, paint and peel, which was, you know, I'd done a lot of research on nail polish and and especially on women that worked in salons and the exposure and the amount of chemicals that they were using, uh, volatile chemicals that they were using every day. And so I created this paint and peel nail polish Mm -hmm. that was habit forming in its removal, (laughs) which did not make it long lasting. And so we had, we had a couple of years of, of that. Like we, we definitely shipped a lot of paint and peel to anthropology and Urban Outfitters. We had one called One Night Stand at Urban Outfitters.
0: Uh, Yeah. 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 Amazing. All of your ideas are just like they're just like so at the forefront of a movement. I like this is the pattern, right? Like you're just like you have the idea and then it explodes in the whole industry. I feel like
2: yeah, yeah. I think I've been really lucky with timing and yeah. just kind of, you know, I get really excited about ideas mm-hmm. and when I'm excited about an idea, I just go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been good good with timing. I've been lucky with timing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm also just fanatical about watching what people are doing other brands are doing reverse engineering knowing ingredients you know so i there's that element as well and there's it's never a random thing i mean there's always an undercurrent to what's happening and i'm Mm -hmm. sure you guys would be great at trend forecasting in a very different way because you are we are available for consulting okay all right well maybe by (laughs) the end of this we'll, we'll we'll come up with the next
1: idea And so let's talk about probably the biggest success in the in the history of the serial entrepreneurship journey, Bite Beauty. How did that come to be?
2: So I can't specifically comment about that. Okay. But I can say that, you know, I, I've been in now a 28-year, well, if we go back to Avon, it's mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you that number, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's been an evolving journey. Yeah, of discovering ingredients and making products relevant, making them meaningful. But one question that I had is, you know,
1: on that last project and even the one before is, do you think it's advantageous to zero in on something so niche? Because that one was just all about lipstick, you know, which was unusual. You know, you wouldn't in the industry typically have a brand it was that discouraged, was like, I would say. You know, this is yeah, all about yeah. eyeshadow. We only make mascara. And mm-hmm. I think also because in the industry there's this this idea that you have to keep launching. You have to keep launching and expanding. So, you know, mm-hmm. looking back, why
2: choose to go that route and would you do it again? Well, I am doing it again. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean it's um did you ever feel limited though? Oh, it's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, to do something that's different than what the majority of the industry is doing is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very accurate what you're saying about this insatiable need for new products and new launches to keep momentum going so that you, the brand has something to talk about. I think that's actually changing. That's That's one of the things that I think we're going to be talking about a lot is this idea that you know and, and less is more or more with less i mean there there's still kind of buzzwords right now but i think curation of the products that we use and the things that we use every single day is is going to be very much more important in the in in the future but i've always liked the power of focus because it i mean maybe because i'm i have too many ideas i mm-hmm. always have too many ideas which is which is a good thing and it's a bad thing the power of focus and being the best at one thing and being fanatical about that one thing, whether it's a product or a category, a user experience, um, what you're doing, you know, I, I just think that you're more mindful about it and you create better things. Mm-hmm. Is my my personal opinion and my my experience. So.
0: And I do think that that is the way I think we're just experiencing like palate fatigue and just in the industry in general. It's like there was just so many launches. You just feel overwhelmed. Yeah. And and like the the haul culture. Like I just think, you know, the haul, this is what I bought this month. I just think there is a saturation point now and you're seeing it affect sales and all of that. It's like waking up after a big party and you're like, (laughs) oh, that was
1: just too much. Personally, I think the reality is there are, will always be people who want to try new things and they're excited, and that's who they're they are. And for every person like that, there will be another person who who likes a slower pace. You know, they're just naturally mm-hmm. maybe a little more introverted. They've been using the same skincare line all their lives. I mean, they don't they're not as loud, so you don't kind of hear them or see them as much, but it's just different. quiet majority probably. Right? Just Mm -hmm. different types and different people. And so.
0: So you did um, sell the brand that we were just talking about in uh, 2017 after six years. So can you describe that time period after that where maybe it was a bit more of a period of reflection for you or, you know, how did you walk away from that and just
2: how did you sort of reset? So I went from this unbelievably fast paced life to all of a sudden crickets and a real pause. And, and and that's been an incredible part of my journey as well, because um, at first I was really uncomfortable with that. I thought, I mean, we all kind of dream about, you know, we listen to our parents talk about retirement. And well, one day, you know, we think about what you're going to do when you have time off, and when you have resources, and when you've got this ability to really just do what you want to do. And I actually found it really difficult. Um, so so it's been interesting, and but I genuinely took some time off, mm-hmm. and um, traveled. I traveled. I traveled a lot. And I learned how to grow potatoes at my <laughs> farm, and a few other things and uh and now I'm and now I'm right back in there. How <laughs> so. did
0: you how did you actually do that though day to day like just shut out the noise of the industry and like actually be able to focus
2: on yourself and what you wanted to do next? Or or did you always have an one eye? Yeah. Well, I so I had some I had some health issues at that point. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and and actually that took a while. So the the pause for me came at a time where I was just tired and I, I didn't understand why. So I, I wasn't really sure if if I felt that way because there was such a change in pace, mm-hmm. but it was, um, so that was a little bit of a journey as well. And so just focusing on my health and well being, and kind of being in the moment, which is something that's difficult for an entrepreneur to do. It is, was for me mm-hmm. because I was always thinking about what's next. And mm-hmm. it was a really good experience for me to just be present and be in the moment. And, um, Yeah. So I did that for a while. And
1: And so now you are launching a new company called SL Co. And so I did read that the autoimmune disease that you mentioned kind of played into part of the making of this. So just before we get into the whole raison d'etre and how this came to be, can you explain for listeners who might not know, like, what is an autoimmune um, disease? What is that? Like,
2: what are symptoms that you'd be feeling? So autoimmune diseases are really, really difficult to diagnose, and there are some that have very specific side effects or, or aspects to a disorder. Inflammation is probably the biggest key thing that unites um, an autoimmune diagnosis. So rheumatoid arthritis, uh, Crohn's, I mean, there, there's, there's dozens. Mm-hmm. But the underlying theme and I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, mm-hmm. right? I, I've gone through my, my path with this. But the underlying theme is that it is an imbalance. It, it's potentially linked to an imbalance of good and bad bacteria, So, which is called the microbiome. And so part of my journey was to learn about that and to learn about the role of uh, probiotics and good and bad bacteria and food you know, mm-hmm. coffee, they say, unfortunately can be, can yeah. cause inflammation. I still drink my share of coffee because, right. yeah. yeah. And at the same time I was attending an industry event, a cosmetic industry event in the UK. And a big topic was microbiome and skincare. And so that, that was the first time I really thought about it and really started looking at it. Was this connection, you know, your body is an ecosystem inside and out of this balance. And so at what point an idea was sparked for the new company? so i've had I've had a number of of new ideas. Um so SL and Co is an incubator for beauty brands that are hyper focused in very specific areas. Clean ingredients is something that I'm still very passionate about. But this new idea of clean, or I think the evolution of clean, is looking at you know, and, and I was talking about this earlier, but looking at the life cycle of a product, where did the ingredient come from? How was it made? How do they process it? What's it packaged in? What does it do when you apply it to your body? And then what happens after you wash it off? I mean, silicones are super effective ingredients. There is no known data to support that they're they're not clean on the body, but in our waterways and the environment, we know that they're not. So clean beauty kind of encapsulates all of that. And SL&Co is looking at um, the things that we do every single day and reimagining them in in ways that are clean, sustainable, use good ingredients, and, again, the power of of focus.
1: Let's start with the very first product that you have launched, which is in-house, and that is with you and also your son, right?
2: Yes, yeah which is uh, has been a really incredible experience. Yeah. So the, the first brand is called Anhydra. Mm-hmm. And Anhydra stems from anhydrous, which means without water. And while I was looking at formulating beauty products, skincare products without preservatives, avoiding preservatives for me, any product that has water, has to have preservatives. I'm not at all saying preservatives are bad. Preservatives are necessary. We don't want moldy mascara. No, over nobody here. wants moldy <laughs> mascara. And and there are some great preservation systems that are now based on enzymatic and fermented ingredients mm-hmm. that are that are great. So this started with the idea of water activated. And the benefit to a water activated product is that the packaging also becomes reusable and refillable. So when you don't have a need for a preservative in a product, a glass jar becomes evergreen. You can keep refilling that. And Thomas and I went on a trip to Japan and I was looking for amino acids. And amino acids are um, alternatives to surfactants that are fermented ingredients and they are ultra gentle on skin. So they cleanse without damaging or affecting the pH on skin. I think I'm getting too lost in the weeds here. No, no, <laughs> you're not. We're, we I, love When, it. We I, love when it. I talk about ingredients, I turn into a real geek. <laughs> love it. Keep but going. It's, so AnHydra is this idea of water activated. It's preservative free, and it is 100% based on active ingredients, clinically proven active ingredients, amino acids. I have 10% vitamin C. That's mm-hmm. stable. Vitamin C is a, a miracle ingredient. You see a difference in your skin right away when you use it. So this concept its called the powder of youth. And it is a probiotic powder. It's using the first microbiome uh, probiotic powder that has been clinically validated to, to work in, in skincare products. And uh, because I formulate in-house, I was able to move, you know, fairly quickly with that and, and uh, formulate a product and and run it through stability. So it's this idea that it's keeping the skin in balance by using products that are just really great for skin and it's water activated in the palm of your hand and it's and it's a very unique experience. Yeah it, it's something that I look forward to morning and night.
1: Would you say that I, I noticed that it has rice bran in it as well. Would you
2: say it's more of an exfoliant or is it truly a cleansing powder? So it is. Um, it exfoliates enzymatically. Mm-hmm. So I've got pomegranate, a fermented pomegranate enzyme mm-hmm. for exfoliation. It's really, really smooth, but it's it's silky. And powders are really difficult to formulate. Um, it's probably one of the most challenging formulation types that I've ever worked on. And one of the reasons I went to Japan was to search for uh, amino acids and powders because the Japanese are just unbelievable at engineering textures with powders. And I'm a fan. I talk about that all the time. So it is, it's a really smooth texture. And when you use it, it turns into this really silky, beautiful foam. It's not a high foam product because Mm -hmm. it's amino acids for cleansing, but it exfoliates enzymatically. It cleanses, exfoliates, brightens, tones, and it balances the microbiome in one step. So tell me with Anhydra,
1: this is the first brand out of SLN Co. So you can kind of see how you can have a water activated cleanser but could there be a water activated moisturizer? Like Definitely. What I'm working on one. Okay. Yeah. And what about a tone like how does this work? I mean, you think work? about where okay, is this so, going?
2: Okay, so you know we we have lots of great examples of just oil based which is anhydrous. So the okay. lovely thing about True. a serum in an oil base is you don't have to load it with preservatives and you can keep a lot of these nourishing actives uh, intact and beneficial for skin. But what about a water-activated one? Um, so I started looking into you know, the theory of osmosis, which is where you apply an oil to skin, and when it's water-activated, that it becomes absorbed by skin more rapidly. And then I started looking into, well, could that be a, a powder-to-oil water-activated serum? So wow. So that's what Very I've been... Cool. I've been playing around a lot with. Okay. I'm I'm a guinea pig on a daily <laughs> basis, and so so is my son. So my son Thomas had um, really devastatingly difficult acne, and he had been prescribed Accutane, which we looked into, and the side effects for that we we weren't you know for him in particular we were not comfortable with. Can and you just say what a couple of those side effects are? Uh, depression. Okay. Is is the likelihood of mm-hmm. depression? Um, which, you know, he, he talks openly about already mm-hmm. is, is really high. So, you know, so then I created a skincare routine for him that he had uh, in his dorm at university and he'd have his mask and his toner and, he, you know, and he had it all lined up and he, he got mocked a bit for that. You made that for him? I did. I did. And it oh was, my gosh. and from it was, scratch. From forget scratch. cookies, I'll for, make yeah, your skincare uh, yeah. line. <laughs> and then I started making this um, amino acid-based powder for him. And, I mean, you can, he's sitting over there. He's, (laughs) but his skin is, it gets amazing. Um, so yeah.
1: That's a great story. And so how did
2: he come to be part of the business? Well, he comes by it honestly. I mean, he's lived and traveled around the world with me and, and his father, um, is also an entrepreneur and, um, it just became this natural thing i mean i had him using natural deodorant mm-hmm. when he was 12 and he would get really upset uh because he thought i was turning him in, into a hippie <laughs> but he's um he comes by it honestly he's a super bright kid he really contributes um he's a good thought partner and it's uh yeah it's it's such an unbelievable experience as a mother to to be able to uh, to work with one of my kids that's yeah. amazing. Um, can we just take one step back
0: because if people don't understand the microbiome thing and what it does on your skin, oh, what, acne. what the benefits Let's talk are? About acne, yeah, and The is microbiome that, is that yeah. what
2: the main you would see the main benefit from? Like, yes. I mean, so keeping the microbiome in balance yeah. is about not, and and that's when I went on the triclosan tangent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's about not removing good bacteria. Um, I mean, think about what can happen mm-hmm. on after a round of antibiotics. Right. You can throw your system out of balance because right. in killing the bad, you're also damaging that balance of the good. Like some of the superhero bacteria are you know, taken out in that process. Mm-hmm. So acne is, you know, it's believed that acne is a cause of an imbalanced microbiome. and And actually something that Thomas educated me about was that when the skin pH is out of balance, mm-hmm. that the body's ability to heal and produce collagen and you know regenerate itself is also greatly diminished. So the microbiome products, the, the idea is that you keep the, the skin's pH in balance. Mm-hmm. Harsh detergents, cleansers, overexfoliating, you know, in my my opinion, sometimes really aggressive 10-step treatments can alter the microbiome balance, can alter the pH balance, and can remove some of the natural oils and beneficial things that your skin naturally does to keep itself plump, healthy, and Mm -hmm. even.
0: Mm -hmm. It's all about that barrier, baby. Yeah. Yeah.
2: One of the things I didn't mention that's really important was the ingredients that we've selected uh, for and the the powder of youth, are EcoCert, Mm -hmm. and they're already REACH compliant. So they're already universally compliant ingredients that are um, not only clinically proven, but they are safe and registered around the world. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is that, you know, this this one product is very universal. The ingredients are universal. It works with all skin types. My son uses the same product that I do every day. And that we wanted to be able to ship it mm-hmm. around the world. The advice that I would, I would give myself or mm-hmm. anybody is um, just to go for it. <laughs> you know, like I think we're entering a really exciting time where... Your average person who's a consumer can ask new questions, do the research, and innovate and create brands. And it, you know, on, in some respects, I think it's become easier. Um, but yeah, my my advice is just go for it. I think we, I definitely second guess, and um, I think it's just yeah, just go for it. That's that's my advice. Don't worry about what your next step is. Just worry about taking the step in front of you. Like
1: you like that cherry bomb.